0: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
1: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Kevo hanging out on this Thursday morning. in The Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Kevo, what are you trying to do to me on this Thursday morning?
2: I, I'm I'm really screwing you all up, aren't I? So during the breaks, we typically
1: are doing some kind of research in here. But Kevo is a bad influence. He's I am? showing me videos of what was that?
2: This was a lady sitting poolside in Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, she decided that in her bathing suit she didn't shave her legs well enough. So she's sitting on the side of a public pool shaving her legs, and then rinsing the razor off in the pool. Oh. I, this, this is why we lose faith in humanity. Right a bit here.
1: classy, Palm Beach. Wow. Yeah. Only Florida. A guy that's always classy, uh, Ben Mintz. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby uh, Hotline. Ben Mintz, of course, of mixing it up with Mince over in 100.7. The ticket in Shreveport, of course, was on this show for quite a while. Ben, how you doing this morning,
3: bud? Ben, good oh, morning, brother. man, I, I couldn't be doing better. I'm waking up in Oxford, Mississippi, uh, up here in... Obviously, uh means a lot to me coming back to Ole Miss, and I'm um, doing, doing Mixing Up with miss and Proud Larrys today on the stage, on the square, and uh, full circle deal. He used to work there in college. I'm very excited for it. All
1: right, got to pick your brand on a lot of things. First of all, uh, happy birthday. Uh, yeah, what, happy birthday, bro! turn 23 today?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, hey, man. Uh, thirty-five today. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. 35. Very, very excited. And uh, hey, I, I like where I'm at in life right now, though. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pumped up. And uh, yep, turning thirty-five. It's crazy. Well, Good let's, for you, let's Greg. get into that.
1: A huge accomplishment for you. What was that? Last weekend or the weekend before? Of course, uh, competing in the World Series of Poker down there in New Orleans. How many people were entered in that competition?
3: I got seventh place out of six hundred and seventy-seven, uh, and it was it was it was amazing. Full circle deal. I made the final table of it and got eighth in two thousand thirteen. And you know, took a few years away from poker, and uh, did the, went back, finished school up here in Oxford, and obviously uh, built up the sports radio thing. And now I'm getting to go back to poker. And meant meant a whole lot to me. It was uh, incredible getting back to the final ben,
1: table. For us that have never competed in one of these things, and of course, it really is. Uh, endurance. I know it goes forever, and you got to be lucky. At what point you start thinking, "Ah, oh, this could be pretty special. I can make a run at this."
3: I think it was about with uh, about forty or fifty people left. I looked around in the room, and there weren't really any top pros left. It kind of mm. felt like the red sea parted a little bit, and that all the good players got knocked out early. And so I was able to accumulate a lot of chips. Uh, I could I ramped up the aggression, and people weren't really fighting hard back at me. And uh, once I kind of felt like. Uh, there weren't really many great players left I really liked my chances. I won a huge hand at the end of the night, the, uh, day one, where, uh, I mean, I'll talk a little poker, but I'll keep it simple. I, I made a huge call with uh, King-Queen on a Queen-7-3 flop with two hearts, and the guy had 5-4 uh, hearts, so he had a gut shot straight draw and a flush draw, and I, I somehow held. And uh, that, that sent me to day two with top 20 stacks, 120 left, and I think that was really key.
1: You talked about the end. Uh, the majority of people then start slow playing a little bit, because then they think it's going to weed it down, and people are going to start losing, and, and of course, then you get into the more serious money.
3: Well, what happened was, I, I was actually 11th place with 13 to go, going to day three on Monday, and so I wasn't really able to ramp it up and run over the table or anything. I kind of was just maneuvering and moving up money a little bit. The so 7th place was a great finish considering I was 11th going in with 13 left, but I kind of didn't have a lot of chips, and so I can't really say that I had a great chance to win. Uh, Seventh was a great show, and all things considered. I mean, I can't say enough about how much fun it was getting back there.
1: Yeah, congratulations. That is some great news. All right, uh, should we go all in with the SEC, with the NCAA regionals this weekend? uh, You look at, uh, of course, the the four big ones, and then uh, LSU making the trip all the way out to Oregon State. What are your thoughts, Ben?
3: I thought LSU got a pretty raw deal, and I felt bad for LSU in base because they travel so, so well. I mean, how do you, how do you fly to Portland on three days' notice and rent a car and go to Corvallis where there are no hotel rooms? Uh, I thought that was kind of awful. Uh, and Oregon State, so their regular season record, they're 116 in the regular season the last two years. And obviously, LSU knocked Oregon State out of the College World Series in Omaha last year. I thought it a really rough draw for LSU. But I do like Coach Palmineri's strategy of saving Zach Kess and Mikael Hilliard for the weekend He's gambling today, not throwing one of his top two starters on Friday against San Diego State, but if they can win that game on Friday, he's going to have a good pitching staff set up for the weekend.
1: We talk about the SEC and, of course, uh, 10 teams overall and your Ole Miss team in there. I know you're looking forward to this regional. Will they have to sweat it out at all to advance on?
3: Oh, You never know. The thing is, the Ole Miss fan base right now, it's been a really rough few years with the Hugh Freeze scandal and the probation of football. They just fired the basketball coach and Ah, uh, this fan base is going crazy about this team, especially after last weekend uh, winning the SEC tournament. Uh, they're coming in as number four national seed. I like their chances in this regional. Uh, Tennessee Tech's good; they're the number two seed. They're forty-eight nine, and they hit three forty-two as a team. I don't think you can take that for granted. Missouri State's always pretty good, but uh, everybody here is buzzing because there's a chance there's a uh, Texas that will be a super regional next weekend here in Oxford, and that would—I mean—I can't even imagine what that would be like. It would be so wild.
1: I just assumed that the Rebels had won an SEC championship recently, but it had been since, what, uh, 2006 or so?
3: Yeah, it had. And I, you know, it, 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 Ole Miss is usually top 15, top 20 in the country in baseball, but it, they hadn't won the tournament since '06. It's only the third time they've done it. Uh, they were co-SEC West regular season champions this year with Arkansas, but Ole Miss did have the tiebreaker. Uh, this team's loaded. I want to give a shout-out to a Northeast Louisiana guy, Chase Cockrell. That's unbelievable uh-huh. from Ole Miss. He's He's hitting 350 with 10 homers in the 8-hole for Ole Miss. I mean, he's massive. But uh, Ole Miss has deep, deep, deep lineup, big bullpen, big bullpen arms, uh, two top starters and two other solid ones. I mean, this team really feels like it has everything. But you know how baseball is. You just never really know in
1: the postseason. And Chase is one of those kids, of course, uh, started Oak Grove, went the Juco route, and, of course, now has made a huge name for himself at Ole Miss. As you return to Oxford, what do you think the scene will be like uh, this weekend for this region?
3: Wow, it's, it's going to be unbelievable. We're going to it'll be twelve thousand strong. I'm in a tailgate out in left field where we grill out and we throw out the lettuce, bring coolers out there and drink in cups. And it's, it's just surreal. Uh, it's beautiful, and uh, there's, there's like I said, the fan base is just so so fired up after a couple of lean years. And so it's going to be it's going to be rowdy and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. I'm really really happy to be here. I can promise that.
1: Uh, ben Mintz joins us on the Stuart Shelby uh, hotline. Uh, ben, we were doing our Top 10 Thursday just minutes ago. If they did a hard knocks version, of course, in college uh, football, who would you like to go behind the scenes with and kind of get an in-depth look at their program? Who would you rank as your top one or two?
3: Mm. Well, I, kinda, I'm not, I Urban Meyer and Ohio State's an obvious answer, but I'm just so impressed by how well they're developing kids going to the NFL, especially with how the Saints have gotten all the Ohio State guys. I'd kind of like to see, you know, how how their player development's so good. Uh, I know that that's kind of an obvious answer, though. Um,
4: who else should I go
3: with? I'll say Ohio State one, just because of that. Bama's a boring answer, but I mean yeah. they crush everything, so I'll probably say them too.
1: And I think a lot of people would say, well, the old Miss and uh, Hugh Freeze the last couple of years would have been pretty entertaining. Yeah, no, that would
3: have been entertaining, but more of a train wreck style. Of- <laughs> <laughs> more of uh, a way and uh, that that would be kind of yeah i, I don't really know I, I feel like i've seen enough
1: uh, of that front already <laughs> <laughs> all right and then finally i wanted to pick your brain on this uh, a lot of people bash of course shreveport fans and sports over there their interest level but what do we make of the story with the mud bugs and their their fan following and of course them going out and winning this uh, championship that they did this year
3: I never claimed to be any kind of a hockey fan but I, I did make it to a couple of games this year and it's been awesome I mean they averaged almost three I think there was like 2,500 fans at home game they finished second in the North American Hockey League in attendance uh, it really unified the city and it, it gave some pride to everyone uh, to get behind that team and I mean they, it was a dramatic playoff run they had to win both their first two series in five games I and mean, you know best of five series and it was it was incredible. I got to say, and it made me proud of Shreveport. Uh, I know what you mean. Streetport's known for the fan apathy stuff. But they supported the Mudbugs, and I think it's you know done a lot for the community having hockey back. And I, I never really thought I would enjoy hockey so much, but uh, it's great stuff. I'm enjoying the NHL finals too.
1: So it produced a championship and this memorable call. We're gonna play it now, Ben. Who's this from that does the play by play for the Mudbugs?
3: Chet Yoder, and our station, the ticket, Shreveport, actually carries all the Shreveport Mudbugs games. But I will say, before this call, we play this. If y'all think I get fired up about airline football, (laughs) wait till you hear this one.
1: All right, here you go. Here's what it sounded like as they were winning a championship.
4: Adams, a drive, shoved out there by Caster, up top, point blank, block, and that's it. The Mudbugs win! Mudbugs win! Mudbugs win! Claws up! Claws up! Claws up! The Robertson Cup champions! The Mudbugs have won the Robertson Cup! This party is for you! Shreveport, after every hard-earned win, the Shreveport Mudbugs are the last team standing! how!
2: <laughs> Hey, did they win? That's awesome. Hey, uh, who won? Uh, yeah, like I said,
3: I, I thought my airline call when I got slapped in the press box was pretty pretty, pretty wild, but I think Chet That's got amazing. me on that one.
1: Oh, man, that was gold, pure
2: gold. Yeah, because your airline call was good, but dang. No, no, you it has nothing competition on that, air, that, brother. that. That call crushed
3: <laughs> me. There's no no getting around it. Chet, Chet got yeah. me on that one. <laughs>
2: Hey Ben,
1: happy birthday! Have a great happy weekend birthday, over brother, there in Oxford. Yeah, yeah thank you very friend. much. I appreciate
3: y'all having me on the morning drive. And uh, Aaron going back and playing the World Series of Poker main event on July fourth in Vegas. So we're we're gonna have awesome. to yeah uh, have to call back in on that one.
2: Fantastic, yeah. sounds that, good. Bud. Thank, thank you, brother. <laughs> that call, man.
3: Uh,
1: I, hey, John, can you cue that back up? I think we, that is I that was we, really good. We need to really break
4: down this call. Uh, Adams, I drive shoved out there by Caster, up top, point blank block, and that's it! The Mud Bugs win, Mud Bugs win, Mud Bugs win! Claws up, claws up, claws up! The Robertson Cup champions! The Mud Bugs have won the Robertson Cup! This party is for you! Shreveport, after every hard-earned win, the Shreveport Mudbugs are the last team standing. Yes,
2: oh, I'm kind of. Uh, <laughs> this part. That's impressive. Free- this part. Yes. Uh, I wonder how many days. Uh, <laughs> what are many days it took him to get his voice back to normal? Uh, I
1: don't know, man. Uh, that was good. I enjoyed that.
2: That was very. I mean. Nothing wrong with people being passionate yeah, about what that's they that's do. You, if you're going to do it, yeah. do yeah. it big. Remind me, Tabor, when
1: uh, we get Nick White back on the show one day, we're going to play that for him because I want him to dissect that for us, to break it down. That would, that would be a great laugh for me. I don't know if it would entertain anybody else, but it certainly would me.
2: <laughs> I think it's. I mean, it's pretty good. No matter what
1: happens in the Stanley Cup Finals? The call probably will not match that. It even will they not got, go back Even to though that.
2: they've got the best in the business. Joe really Buck does. has nothing on Joe this guy. Joe Buck. <laughs> Joe Buck, Troy Eggman, Collinsworth, whoever it is. They got nothing on this guy. <laughs> By the way, do you like Collinsworth?
5: He's all right, dude.
4: Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: I see his son now has a good though. He's good. What, does he? Yeah.
1: Jacques. Jacques Collinsworth.
2: Jacques? Yeah. Like J-A-Q-U-E-S? Yeah.
1: Jacques? Donald says, we know it's authentic, but I can't help but think of, at first, it sounds like a parody.
2: (laughs) I get that. i I got to see where Donald's coming from there.
1: Uh, Richie says, ear-piercing screech session. (laughs)
2: 888-993-7762.
1: The Morning Drive is back after this.
5: Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors...
0: Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus Fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Nazeer Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. The
6: newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP yard power on highway 165 in monroe just one mile north of century lane grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive this hour is sponsored by car king and monroe
1: we'll talk a little lsu baseball here in a few minutes as uh, the voice of the lsu tigers chris blair will join us at 8:30. He's getting up and hopefully having a cup of coffee or two there in Oregon. Yeah, here in about uh ten minutes or so, you'll hear from Chris Blair breaking down LSU's chances against San Diego State tomorrow.
2: Uh you got a, You got a prediction on that game?
1: Who uh, LSU?
2: Yeah, Diego LSU. Just give me right now. I say LSU wins at three to one.
1: And you know so much about San Diego State and the Aztecs.
2: Well, I was just reading something about them.
1: Yeah. What do you I know d- about them?
2: i got a gut feeling that's, that's as much as I know about them. The only problem I have with the LSU
1: is I feel <laughs> like that was their run in the SEC tournament. Yeah. And six games and six days, what that may have done I to them. You. And then, of course, this pitching staff. And Ben was talking about, you know, well, he's holding out Hillard for the weekend. Quite frankly, Maneri, Hillard's not ready to go yet. They don't right. even know when he's going to be able to go yet.
2: Yeah, right. it may be Tuesday next yeah. and next week. Once they get or, through and Bush you, and then they right. get through Hess, they
1: don't know where on that pitching staff who's going to be able to take the hill for him and give him a performance. Right.
2: But to answer your question, I don't know much about San Diego State. I just have a good feeling. Yeah. It may be gas, <laughs> but I've got a feeling. LSU wins at three to one.
1: I think you have a, a better feeling, of course, on the NBA Finals with Game One tipping yeah, off probably. tonight. We got Cleveland. We have Golden State. Is this storyline? Is this matchup getting old yet?
2: Um. Well, you think about it. The Celtics. What are the other uh,
1: options we had? Right.
2: Well, the Celtics and/or the Lakers were in every finals of the eighties. They weren't necessarily against each other. So I mean, it, yeah, yeah, you know. It is what it is. It, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, hockey, I look at me throwing hockey. If it's the best two teams at what they do, uh, then I don't I don't care. I mean LeBron aside But they're not the best two teams, they're just from two different the, conferences. What they are the teams representing evidently they were the best teams in each conference. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it is what it is. It doesn't bother me to see the same thing happen over and over and over. It, it, it's kind of like Connecticut basketball, women' best, you know, yeah. beat them. Yeah. Just you got to beat them, and then, you know, uh, I, you're, but you look, man, you've got me thinking. I'm not saying they're gonna win, but you've got me thinking that maybe. Uh, Look, I think no matter what, at some point, whether it be LeBron or Curry or Durant, we're going to get record-breaking performances over the next Mm. few days, two weeks, however long this thing goes on. I think we're going to get good individual performances.
1: Leave it to LeBron to set everybody straight on everybody saying uh, this matchup is getting old. He was asked that question straightforward yesterday, and his response was, Teams have had the opportunities to beat the Cavs over the last four years, and teams have had the opportunities to beat the Warriors over the last four years. If you want to see someone else in the postseason, then you got to beat them, or in the finals in that case.
4: Well,
2: yeah. that, But, it, I mean, kind of – don't you kind of – I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but isn't that kind of the way it is? Or, well, let me ask you. Let's turn the table. Would you? Are you kind of getting tired of this? No, because I wanted to see Pardon.
1: LeBron, of course, in the finals.
2: Okay. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, then – I mean, what more can he do? And then that's, and if he goes
1: out, I mean, what, is he going to, now instead of putting up 38, 39 a game, mm-hmm. he's got to take it to a whole nother level against this Golden State squad. Will, you know, Cleveland decide to change it up a little bit, kind of go with a bigger lineup to try to bully their way against Golden State? I mean, I, you know, I'm not giving him much of a chance, but at least we got LeBron, and, we, and what can James do? How much more of the load can he shoulder in these NBA finals?
2: Yeah, I don't know, you know, what more he can do. Hey, can I give you a strange NBA Finals fact? Sure. Only one, only one from a total of 68 performances of 60 or more points took place in the NBA Finals. Hmm. So uh, 68 times people have scored 60 or more points. Only one of them took place in the NBA Finals. Can you tell me who scored it? Elgin Baylor dropped sixty-one on Boston in Game Five in nineteen sixty-two. Mm. The Lakers would win that game one twenty-six to twenty-one. They only won by five. So you that's bring, what LeBron's
1: going so, to have to. I was going to say. So yep. you're bringing that up is that's kind of why. A, so tomorrow, when we have a yeah. sixty-point performance, we can say you heard it here first from I, Kevin.
2: I, I mean, he's good, that's and they the still kind lose of stuff four. I'm, but that's the kind of stuff he's going to. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily sixty, LeBron. In order for the Cavs to even have an opportunity, I think we all agree, LeBron's going to put up Uh, 45-48. Do we
1: have a uh, Kevin Love update?
2: Uh, As of this morning, it was was still questionable Mm -hmm. for tonight's start. That was as of a little while ago.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Scheduled on ABC uh, tonight, uh, 7 o'clock. I don't know if that's the pregame or if that's the actual tip, but, of course, that's when the coverage starts on ABC. So at least it's at a halfway decent time out there at Golden State. Tough on those fans, though.
2: Yeah, it is. It, well, it's and you know, it's also kind of tough on us too. You know, with the you know seven o'clock's not bad. No, not not as I mean, I, the games leading up to all this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in California, so seven o'clock. five five o'clock start, right? Mm-hmm. Just take off work. Or you're in California, man. It's NBA finals.
1: We're dropping the ball. Half you depend on us for your uh, Houston Astros coverage. We are your uh, Astros station. Uh, they fall five to three yesterday. They're now thirty-five and twenty-two. They still have a one-game lead in the division.
2: There you go. One-game lead.
1: Uh, speaking of uh, baseball, uh, the the uh, highlight that caught my attention last night. What'd you make of the uh, the goose on the field?
2: I saw that this morning. And again, I'm at the GM, so I'm not. I'm not getting to hear audio because I've got my headphones in watching something else, but I'm seeing that this morning. Uh, it, that's a wild scene, though, when when with wildlife gets in the
1: Angels the and the Tigers, uh, there was a goose that was on the loose, and it was not goose gossage uh, last night. Uh, they were trying to corral at the poor uh, field maintenance guy that was trying to chase him down. They finally get him off the field, and he takes flight, and then he runs into the scoreboard, goes down, <laughs> And then another uh, team personnel has to come and pick up the goose and carry him out. Yeah. Supposedly, uh, I team is on it, and they said the goose will be okay.
2: The the goose is uh, is fine. The, the, what I thought of when mm. I saw
1: that goose was, of course, you mentioned the conversation yesterday. Who do you take, Randy Johnson or Greg Maddux? That's and then right. Go back, of course, to the the poor pigeon that uh, the suicide mission with the fastball with Randy Johnson.
2: Randy absolutely just. Uh, I mean, I—that's one of those moments. That's one of those sports moments I will never forget. Where I was when I saw that and going, you know, I mean, it was a uh, one of those rare moments. I, I'm not the moment's not as big, but it's like Kirk Gibson in '88 hitting the the shot with the sprained ankle and Randy Johnson hitting the pigeon. I'll never forget those moments.
1: Uh, i got a couple of texts here as we get ready for the break. And, of course, uh, Chris Blair coming up around the corner. Donald says, uh, I'm just bitter we don't have the moccasins anymore, RIP. One of the cornerstones of growing up in the Twin Cities in the mid-'90s. I
2: I get that. I I really do. Uh, um, Ben says, uh, Tigers are out of gas. Pack it up. Fork them. Demons. Hmm. Uh, it's a, a lot of people, so he kind of feels the way you do. It's just been a lot of baseball for them.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh. Then, of course, uh,
1: we mentioned yesterday the tweet and, of course, the free jerseys if uh, Golden State wins. Now Joe Thomas comes back after, of course, uh, Demarius Randall made a bet with sports fans if they would tweet out. He would promise uh, free jerseys to anyone that retweeted his tweet if the Cavaliers were to win the NBA Finals. And, of course, uh, fans took him up on the bet. And now uh, if that happens, he'll be out of a lot of money. There's no way he'll actually be able to pay it up. But Joe Thomas, the future NFL Hall of Famer, tweets out, I'm so confident in my Cavs. If the Warriors win the 2018 NBA Finals, I'll buy anyone who retweets this a signed Steph Curry game-worn jersey. Wow. There's no way he could follow that up.
5: What
2: now? Say that again.
1: He says, if the Warriors win the NBA Finals, I'll buy anyone who retweets this a signed Steph Curry game-worn jersey. It must be Hill. he has one to give away. That's the only thing I can think of.
2: I don't. Do these people know something we don't? Or This is crazy. This is a, No, I'm not. I mean, I guess I'm going to go in there and retweet it, right? Are you retweeting it?
1: Yeah, probably should.
2: Well, I mean, signed Steph Curry jersey. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good with that. Hey, here's one more. Can I give you one more NBA Finals stat? Sure. Or, all right. One time, one time in the history of the NBA, has one player led in all five major categories in an entire playoff series, in, in an entire Finals. One time. Do you know who that player was? So steals, assists, uh, you know, rebounds, points, blocks, all that. Magic. One time. No. 2016, LeBron James Mm. is the only player to ever do that. Mm.
1: Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we look forward to hearing from the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. He'll break down the Tigers' chances up there in Corvallis. That's coming up after the break.
6: If your gas gauge doesn't work, you might run out. If your speedometer doesn't work, you might get a ticket. Don't risk either one happening to you. If the gauges in your car don't work, call or come by Dash Solutions in West Monroe. They can fix anything that's broken, and most repairs are done in less than an hour. The solution to broken gauges is Dash Solutions. I-20 at 5th Street in West Monroe. 355-8595. 355-8595.
7: The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better.
4: Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
6: Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Two outs, runners
7: on.
4: And Peterson drills this one deep to left field. This one off the wall and left. Coming in to score is Bain Cabrera.
1: another terrific call and a terrific game of course that coming from chris blair the voice of the lsu tigers he joins us on the Stuart shelby hotline i don't know if he'll bring that kind of energy this morning but he is up and he's raring to go in oregon chris how you doing this morning bud hey chris all right we're having a chris are you there all right, we'll uh, try to reconnect with him here in, in a second. Of course, uh, up and at it as uh, LSU it's, gets ready for a showdown with San Diego State. Well,
2: it's already They don't need to play the game. I've already got it predicted. I told you what was going to happen. Yeah. Three to one, LSU was going to throw about a four-hitter, and it's going to be a a five-hitter.
1: There's only one problem with that. San what Diego State, uh, you know, I think they have the 10th highest batting average in the country. Well, I think their pitching staff led uh, their conference this past
2: year. So it ain't like they're going to be uh, a huge pushover. I don't know what to tell you. I, my sources tell me three to one and a five-hitter. I mean, I, what do you want? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, do we have Chris
1: Blair on the Stuart Shelby Hotline? Chris, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm good, guys. I don't know what it is. Every time the first first phone call ever works,
7: it's
1: not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had this and great heard, lead in. It. We had this great lead. I heard it. Yeah, fantastic call, man. Well done. I know you're going to bring that energy this morning. First of all, thanks for getting up early. I know it is certainly early in Oregon. Uh, your impressions of Corvallis so far?
7: That's an interesting place. Uh, you know, flying in, it looked like we were uh, uh, flying into to one of those areas uh, in uh, Lord of the Rings. It's, it's very green, uh, as you would expect here. Uh, a lot of trees, uh, which I expected to. Uh, but, boy, it was nice to get off the plane and, seven degrees, no humidity, a little change of pace, but, uh, you know, a small college town here in Corvallis. So, uh, you know, we got the day off today.
1: just on, on the stadium, and I know sometimes uh, West Coast baseball is a little different. Uh, what kind of environment or uh, stadium will that be that LSU be playing
7: in? Well, a couple of things. That's a great question, actually, because as soon as the regional was announced, uh, really
1: one of the first the second things
7: I did, guys, was check the dimensions of the park, um, which is the last thing uh, I wanted to see is you know, had to travel way out to the Northwest and, and play in a place with a short porch, uh, but as it turned out, this is a very, very old ballpark. Although it's been renovated and, uh, it's very quaint, the nice little ballpark. Uh, but the news is just the dimensions are good. Uh, you're talking like 335 down the left and right line, 365 power alleys and 400 straightaway center. So not all that different from the ballpark the Tigers were playing in, obviously every day, but certainly, uh, last week in Hoover, uh, 405 to center, uh, it was at 375, 380 in the power alley. So, um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, Oregon State has obviously built a a solid baseball program. So, you know, when the when the Beavers are playing, I'm sure there's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, you know, how many fans travel from obviously Northwestern State as well as uh, San Diego State. And to be honest with you, it's not easy to get to Corvallis. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how many LSU fans show up. Uh, but I think the atmosphere is going to be pretty good. Uh, the ballpark, I think. Um,
1: Kind of get ref- refocused and f- uh, refreshed after that long week in uh, Hoover. What'd you make of uh, LSU in this uh, championship run, six uh, games in six days? Uh, I think you
7: know, at some point down the road that the conference uh, needs to look at calling it the Paulineary Classic. Um, it's it's unbelievable what he does in Hoover, and you know I think a lot of people early in the week, even after the win over Mississippi State, I think a lot of the media, especially the SEC network, was like, well, you know, you never know, Coach Maneri and the Tigers, they really played well here. I think even surprised them, uh, you know, after we ended up, uh, I think even in Saturday semifinal, not to mention the title game, um, but it was just an impressive run. Um, you know, and I think what I what I took away from it, guys, was, was the obvious, which everybody's talked about, and that is, this team is playing very good at this time of year with turn it on. If you look to University of Virginia in 2015, I think they're the perfect example of doing that uh, in their run to Omaha and eventually a, a national title. But what I really took away from it was the confidence level. And I know people throw that around a lot. But to me, the 4-3 loss to Florida is when I walked away from the ballpark thinking, this team's liable to make some noise, not only in Hoover, but they got a chance to make some noise uh, in the NCAA tournament. Because, you know, everybody kind of felt like if you won against Mississippi State on Tuesday night, that might be enough. You weren't sure, but you felt like it was. You're in the double elimination now, and you lose to the number one team, albeit maybe a little banged up, maybe a little unmotivated, which they certainly looked at like the least motivated team in Hoover, which, by the way, is not going to be easy for them to just flip the switch when the regional starts this weekend, but that's another story. Um, but just the fact that that LSU left that ballpark losing 4-3 with plenty of chances to win that game and they're only meeting against the big number one bully Florida Gators best team in the country. Uh, and then to eventually come back and beat them and to beat Arkansas, a team that was scoring 21 runs in the two games previous and they give up just one, I mean, those are the things to me that, that stand out, not to mention all the crazy things we saw, including uh, the hottest hitter in the country batting a thousand five feet
1: that moment, Todd Peterson, you've had an opportunity to call a lot of great things in your relatively short period of time with LSU Athletics. How cool was that moment for you as a broadcaster?
7: The best way I can describe it, guys, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, to build up to it, you could literally, I told somebody earlier this uh, week, you could take the moment the discussion began in the dugout with Coach area and Todd Peterson, start right there at that moment, lead all the way until he is Standing on second base, victorious, and and obviously the end of the game when he got the the strikeout to finish it. When he's back out on the mound, started there, and you've got a good two hour movie. Um, I watched him try to find a batting helmet uh, on the monitor there in the booth, and we kept thinking, is it are they bluffing? Maybe they're bluffing, but then no, I don't think they want to take him out, so they probably got to send him up there. Uh, then he's got guys handing him bats, that he, he you know it just looks like did he know which end to hold and. You just pick one. It goes up there, Ted Williams-style, and the first couple of practice swings on the on-deck circle here, you know, I was looking out of the corner of my eye, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, obviously they're telling him just go up there and maybe get a walk, hopefully. Uh, then he takes the first big swing, a big swing and a miss, and it was like, oh my goodness, how long has it been since he swung a bat? <laughs> and where we are at that ballpark, the net is not high enough behind the plate the press box, so Throughout the week, you have to dodge foul balls. And I can tell you that every time one came up towards us, you had a little jolt. But it didn't jolt me. None of those jolted me like when I heard the rifle shot off the bat of Todd Hughes. I literally jumped. I mean, it it, it shot me. Um, And I thought it was gone. I mean, I really did. Uh, He hit it on such a frozen rope that he just lifted it the bat on maybe a slight angle. That thing would have been in the parking lot. He they have been the hardest hit ball of uh, of that game, and I think one of the hardest hits that the Tigers had all week. And it was just, it was unbelievable. I don't know that I've ever laughed in the middle of a call. I've laughed before a call. I've laughed after something's happened after the call. But I don't know that I've ever chuckled in the middle of it because it was, it was, it was unbelievable.
1: How concerned should LSU fans be with the pitching staff with the, the six games in six days now going into this regional in? Oregon, uh, the decision, of course, going with Bush, going to save Hess for perhaps game two and then after that, kind of see how it goes. Uh, concerns with this what? pitching staff and the depth and the health right now?
7: Well, I think you got to be concerned, number one, with ball's on, he's very difficult to hit. If he has a good night and you're able to get by San Diego State, and then all of a sudden maybe you can look to Hess and Hilliard when possibly you know win your next two games and, and call it a weekend. So based on just short-term success, I think you got to feel a little bit better than you did three weeks ago. Uh, but then again, that's because everybody's ready to go, so we'll have to wait and see.
1: All right, Chris, everybody's talking about LSU, Oregon State. Obviously, there's a lot of work before that, the fact to score off against San Diego State. What's the early scouting report on the Aztecs?
7: Well, I mean, they're they're a typical, I won't say a typical West Coast team, and they're a very good team. Um, You know, I looked at them briefly on the flight up. Um, You know, it's it's one of those, one of the things that stands out to me is they're not typically a team that's going to beat themselves, so. Um, you're going to have to play. And as I've said, you know, since we got back from Hoover, uh, it it really is going to come down to LSU, uh, regardless of who they play. Oregon State, as you mentioned, uh, is an incredible team. Uh, Eight or nine guys from last year's team are back on this roster, so that should tell you all you need to know there. But for me, uh, against Oregon State, San Diego State, and possibly Northwestern State, it all comes down to LSU building on what they did last week. The talent, I think is there to compete at this level. The confidence I think got there last week. Um, they've just got to keep it going. Uh, you know, they haven't done very well on the road this year. Uh, this is certainly a road trip. Uh, the guys knew that after the long flight stop and reflight after fueling yesterday, uh, it was a long trip out here. So they know it's a road game, and they have struggled. Uh, but again. Uh, in neutral sites, they also struggled this year. So the fact that they went to Hoover and played as well as they did, I think it really comes down to LSU not beating themselves. They can't get free passes, can't hit batters, you can't load bases with walks. Uh, defensively, they have to be strong, which I felt like they really were in Hoover for the most part. Uh, and they've got to find offense. Uh, they can't rely on two or three guys in the lineup. They're going to they're gonna have to get hitting from both the top and the bottom of the order. And if they do that, they're going to be fine up here.
1: We'll be listening uh, this weekend on Sports Talk 97.7 as Chris Blair will have the call. You're a true professional, Chris. Thanks for getting up early with us this morning. Uh, have a great weekend, bud. righty, guys. Thank you. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, San Diego State. We talked about Bush going for LSU. They will counter with the right-hander, Jorge Fernandez. He is 6-3 and three on the year, a 4-6-5 ERA on the season. Uh, He hasn't made it through five innings in his last three starts. He's allowed uh, 13 runs in 13 innings. Hmm. That sounds pretty good for LSU. Not bad? Yeah,
2: no, it does. Uh, Also, you know, San Diego State, we we, were talking about them earlier. You know, it it punched his stick about another Mountain West Conference title. Uh, Unlike Northwestern, uh, winning the Conference Championship isn't new territory for them. It's their fifth championship in six years. Mm -hmm. They're not bad. Can Uh, I call back that 3-1 thing, or let me stick it to
1: it And We talked about Hilliard and, of course, uh, his health issues. He's got what's a, quote, abnormal pinch sensation after throwing four and two-thirds innings against Florida. He didn't pick up a ball until Tuesday when he just did some light tossing with mixed results. Mm -hmm. So they certainly need him if they're going to have a chance in this regional. Maneri talked about, of course, having Hess and then Bush and then followed it up after that. He said, "Would it concern you if half your starting rotation was questionable?" It concerns me a lot.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, concerns. I'm, I'm, yeah, concerns me an awful, awful lot too. Uh, just the more I read, yeah, you, you, you said that a minute ago. The more I read about San Diego State, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, wow. Four of the Aztec batters hit seventy plus. I, I, I mean, four of their hitters had seventy plus hits on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, lead outfielder, uh, Chase Kalbuk, 359 batting average, 85 hits, 54 runs, 46 RBI. Nice.
1: Uh, you can hear yeah. LSU versus San Diego State right here on Sports Talk 97.7 on Friday afternoon. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, our parting shots on the morning drive.
5: Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price.
6: Hi, I'm Jill Ray.
0: And I'm Rodney Ray.
6: And it's time for the event that so many have been waiting for.
0: Yeah, the release of our latest movie, Cowboy in Indiana.
6: Filmed right here in our very own community, Cowboy in Indiana promises to be the blockbuster release of the summer.
0: Framed around the dangerous sport of bull riding, this action-packed film is much more than just a sports movie.
6: Featuring some of the best up-and-coming talent in the business, Cowboy in Indiana will keep you on the edge of your seat as the characters battle killer bulls, dangerous addictions, and complicated relationships, all while pursuing second chances.
0: Exclusive and limited showings are set for Friday, June 8th, Saturday, June 9th, and Sunday, June 10th at Tinseltown in West Monroe. Get your tickets now before they're all gone. To buy your ticket or learn more about the film, visit our website, r2films.com.
6: Because this is an exclusive event, tickets can only be purchased on our website, r2films.com. Or call 323-6900 for additional information.
0: And remember, eight seconds ain't a long time, unless you're on a bull.
7: Good morning. Here's the latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly sunny sky with hot temperatures today and a high of 95 degrees. Most of clear skies, mild temperatures tonight are low 75. Plenty of sunshine in the forecast for tomorrow with a high of 95 degrees.
6: Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe.
1: This shouldn't come as a big surprise. Kevo's Facebook feed, Twitter feed looks a lot different than mine. He's watching a lady shave in a pool earlier in the show.
2: That was Facebook. That was Facebook. Don't get dramatic. It went Twitter.
1: (laughs) You literally spent another, what, a minute of your life watching a lady shave in a public pool.
2: It was 40 seconds again. Uh, No, I watched it twice, so you're right. I had to go back and watch it again and go, did I really see this? Yeah. Oh, I know her. No. Yeah, oh, that's my cousin, Margaret. No, uh, um, that it was just, you know, things like that just make me, as we said earlier, it makes me lose faith in humanity. <laughs> Who does things like that? Uh,
1: that leads us to our parting shots.
2: Yeah.
3: I started when we didn't have computers, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have any of that garbage.
0: You do what everybody else in the media does, just creates and throw it on the wall and see what sticks. I have
3: something to ask, just like this, let's do it.
0: That's where that come from. I never said that. Nobody in this building ever said that. So where'd you come up with that? Just, you know, had a dream about it or what?
3: But see, it's real easy when you're not in the business, when you've never played the game, when you don't understand truly what the game is. And that's, to me, that's chicken.
1: Yeah, but uh, we didn't discuss this. Uh, game one of the NBA yes. Finals would be a good thing to put on the grill tonight. Oh, God. Uh, you are our in-house chef.
2: You know what? I'll tell you something that would be that really. Doesn't even have to be on the grill. No, but I, you know it would be something to be really good tonight. Nothing says sports to me like wings. Oh yeah, I was thinking if the you, same thing. You throw some little small uh, drumsticks and wings on there, and maybe if you've got a smoker slash grill, use both. Whatever. Uh, you know hickory's always good on chicken, but do something different. Roll it in a little oak smoke, use some oak wood and season it up lightly and that that's what I think I'm gonna do tonight. wings wings yes,
1: uh then do you use ranch with it is you're strong enough to don't need
2: honestly i don't I don't think we need it, but if I was gonna use one of the two it would it would probably be blue cheese I mean well whatever. But, when, I mean, that's a good way to add flavor to food without adding calories and all that stuff is just use wood. Mm. It, it gives, especially chicken, really, really good flavor. Chicken absorbs smoke well.
1: When the new restaurant opens uh, by next uh, Memorial Day.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> I did screw that up. Didn't yeah, my bad. <laughs> uh, I guess wings will be on the menu. Uh,
2: we've talked about doing some smoked wing as an appetizer, you know, like a six-piece and a. Uh, and a nine-piece and something like that. and mm-hmm. We're going to have special days for certain things, though, too. So I have a set menu and then specials on certain days. So, yeah, they'll be in there somewhere.
1: Getting hungry. It's good. What you got as a party shot? Uh, i
2: tell you what, a northern Michigan man. Um, I, I know a lot of us are dog lovers, and I I myself am uh, one. My wife and I are actually looking at getting a cross between a pug and a bulldog. Mm. I mean, our consummate uh, lap dog is what we want. But a northern Michigan man, to save his, uh, his dog's life, uh, let, he, let the dog, let the beagle out on a chain, you know, on a leash thing, you know, tied up, and going to let him outside, like always, uh, 4.30 in the morning, and all of a sudden, when he turns around, he sees a black bear running up the driveway. Uh, the beagle barked at the bear, leading the bear to, to swipe at the dog with his claws, The man attempted to use the cable to pull the dog back inside, but it became tangled up. The man kicked the bear to try to get it away from from the dog. That didn't work. The bear bit at the dog, and then the man reared back and punched the bear in the face.
1: Mm. How'd that turn out?
2: Uh, The beagle was recovering from its injuries after receiving several stitches in its side and rear end. Yes, it got bit in the butthole.
1: So the the man knocked out the bear?
2: Uh, No. He said when he hit hit the bear in the nose or face or wherever, the bear retreated back out toward the road, and the man was able to get his dog in. You want to talk uh,
1: about being a hero in front
2: of your wife. Dude, tell me about it. Because I see a spider. (laughs) I will go get a hotel room. Uh, And, and, you know, I I am a Second Amendment gun owner kind of guy, so I see a bear in the driveway. I'm going to go. Get a gun, and then you can get fined in for yeah. shooting one of these things. But mm-hmm. what do you do? Mm-hmm. You just let it kill your dog, or do you, yeah, you knock him out? Knock out okay, him. well, it's, it's that's your
1: right. hands. It's dude. a real
2: man right there.
1: Yeah. You come in the house, wife.
2: Well, why are you all out of breath? What happened to old uh, Rover? What
1: right happened there? to
2: Spot? You're never going to believe this. Nobody's going to believe that story. Yeah. It's yeah. A great story. It is, man. Yeah
1: dog hopefully recovering. I hope high. so, yes. Uh, Top 10 Thursday, we uh, went through, of course, the, the programs that we would like to see if they did a college version of hard knocks. Uh, Kevin over here was dead wrong. He did not have Alabama at number one. I He's seen enough of Nick Saban. He doesn't care about the quarterback drama. He doesn't like the uh, you know, the the go the, the debate between Saban and media. I had Alabama number one, followed up by Mike Leach in Washington State.
2: Yeah, I had uh, uh L S U at three just because of Leva. I'd like to see him get his feet. You just put Joe Leva to get my I do. I time. want people to go, Leva, what are you thinking? And <laughs> I want him to have to kind of sweat run down his temples and uh Joey Freshwater over there at FAU at number two. I, I just think he's a unique character and yes. uh and then Ohio State and that you know, they just put out so not that Alabama doesn't, I don't mean that but uh, they just put a lot, a lot of NFL talent. Uh, I like Urban. My Urban Meyer's a little bit more pleasant to be around than Nick Saban. He's got some personality. I think he would be boring. It, you, and you're probably right. You're right. Uh, I don't doubt that at all. It's just, I just, um, just don't like Nick Saban.
1: I had uh, LSU at number three. with Ed had And, Of course, the quarterback drama, court uh, controversy. I think it would certainly be must see TV. And Joe and Joe leave every once in a while.
2: Must see TV. Uh, I tell you what, uh, there's a party shot here by Tommy. Do you see this? Yeah. He's,
1: just, he's always talking when I'm going out of town. So.
2: He's all, Oh, so he's always yeah, he, he knows challenging
1: you. He knows the schedule. I told him last week I was available. He was nowhere to be found to go to the golf course.
2: Nowhere to be found. Yes. Okay. Hey, sounds like uh, – could you beat him anyway?
1: Uh, yeah. I think I beat him last time, but he had to give me seven strokes, and he only won by five. So. Oh, well, by God. There you go. Yeah. I take that as a victory. Like, kind of tonight with uh, Cleveland as a 12-and-a-half point underdog. Right. I think the Cavs are going to win in terms of covering the spread. Covering the spread. Do you think
2: they are? Yeah. Huh. What do you you normally
1: shoot? Uh, Mid-90s.
2: Really? Yeah. Last time I played, I shot 82. right. But I didn't play the back nine. Don't believe you. you. (laughs) No, I didn't play the back nine. I mean, I just played
1: nine holes. Kev, thanks for filling in the last couple days.
2: Anytime, brother. Whatever I can do.
1: All right. Coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, Mark Kramer will be filling in for Jake as he continues on Daddy Leave. Pretty good show lined up. Tommy McClellan, Louisiana Tech's athletic director, will join us at 8 o'clock and then at 8.30. Former Saint, former Bulldog Luke McCowan will join us. We certainly look forward to those guests and, of course, your calls. In fact... The guys from The Edge have rolled in, and they are ready to go. You can hit them up at 888-993-7762. We'll yell at you tomorrow morning.
0: Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.